Hello and welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Keith. And if you are a fan of the podcast, then you need to join me inside my manifestation club called the Inner Tribe. The Inner Tribe is located inside the Manifest It Now app, and it is where we meet every single week and do live manifestation calls. We bring in guest experts two times a month. So every other week, you get a guest expert that is helping you grow and expand your mindset and manifest your best life. You can ask them questions. We have a community of high vibe women that you can network with and you get access to the entire app. So all of the courses, the book club, and I create custom workbooks for you filled with journal prompts, custom subliminals, meditations, the whole nine yards. So if you like manifestation, if you like the podcast, then this is definitely for you. So I will link it in the show notes below. And it's time to invest in something that is going to help you manifest the best year ever. So get in there as soon as possible. We've got a lot of really fun things planned for the rest of this year. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I am joined today with Danielle Poor. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you again so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this today. I'm excited too. And I want to learn all about what you're doing with mind-body counseling. And I think it's going to be a fun conversation. I know you had mentioned that you're into the Law of Attraction as well. And I love when I meet people who are doctors or involved with therapy that also understand and are on board with law of attraction and manifestation, and we can just combine the two. And I think it's such a great outcome. So maybe you could give everyone a little bit of background on your experience and then what you're doing now. Sure, absolutely. So I kind of have a long history with the law of attraction. Similarly to you, I had um, started my journey, you know, reading the book, The Secret, um, back in, I guess it was 2006. Uh, I had just graduated college and I was looking for a job and I was having a really hard time finding something. And it was frustrating. You know, I was kind of in this position where I had just spent all this time getting an education and, um, was waiting tables, you know, and, and felt really frustrated by that whole process. And um, I found the love, I think the secret was on Oprah, you know, she had done a book club and it was one of the reads and I had kind of, you know, dove right into it, kind of jumped on board with the whole idea. I loved kind of working on positive thinking and, you know, kind of retraining your thought process and being in the counseling field, it kind of resonated for that reason too. Um, And I think though, I kept kind of hitting the same roadblocks and I think a big part of, you know, my journey was really recognizing that the law of attraction, you know, is, is not just about putting wishes out there. You know what I mean? And that was maybe originally my takeaway from the book was that, you know, I would just say what I want and think positive and it will happen. And, um, that wasn't happening. So I kind of got frustrated again, you know, kind of trying to find a job. And I really, um, had this experience where I was waiting tables and I found this woman I started a conversation with and I opened up this dialogue about what I was doing and what I was hoping to do. And she worked for an agency and it led to my first job in the field. And I, I share that experience because I think, you know, the, the piece about thinking positive and the mindset is so, so important, but the other piece 
is kind of having that intention for action. And, and if I didn't have that open mind to kind of put out there this idea, you know, to um, talk a little bit about what I was hoping to manifest in my life, that that was the action step, you know, and um, that's what naturally manifested my first job. Okay. I have to jump in really quick because we are yeah, so sure. aligned with this right now. Literally right before I got on here with you, I recorded the other episode that's probably going to air the same week where I was talking about this very thing. I was like, we love focusing on the goal setting and everything we want and our desires list. But when it Mm -hmm. comes down to actually taking action, it's like such a small percentage of people that do that, that take that next step. And it could be something as little as just bringing it up to someone um, who's around you. So I love that you just brought that up. It's like right in line with what I've been thinking about all day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I I feel like that was just something that kind of like a light bulb clicked, right? Where I said, you know, if I wasn't open in that moment, um, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe that experience wouldn't have, uh, you know, allowed it to, you know, that opportunity to happen for me. So that was kind of a really powerful moment. And I took that with me, you know, when I was uh, looking to get engaged and wanted to manifest, you know, a partner and, Um, And that experience of being engaged and then finding my first house, you know, I I kind of, you know, I was driving past the house every day to to manifest this house that I wanted so badly, you know, and um, it was it was definitely kind of an eye opening experience that I have to, you know, there has to be steps taken some action taken to get to that goal. Um, And so I've kind of came full circle in my practice, because that's something that I really um, encourage clients to do. We talk a lot about, you know, you know, I can get into a little bit about, you know, limiting belief systems and trauma and how that can kind of prevent you from moving forward. Um, but I also have clients set an intention every session and, you know, it can be something small. It doesn't have to be a big, a big goal. And I always say, you know, I'm not going to get mad if you don't do it or feel, you know, any kind of way. It's more about just putting that intention of action out into the world that you'll be more likely to try to do it. You know, you'll be more likely to set forth to do it. It holds you a little bit accountable to it, you know? Absolutely. And I know you mentioned Oprah earlier. I remember a long time ago hearing someone that had worked with her and they were saying that every single meeting in her company, you have to start out saying what the intention is of the meeting or she'll get up and and leave because she's like, you know, you really have to be so intentional around what you're doing. And that always stuck with me. So it's like even, you know, in these individual sessions, having one intention how incredibly powerful that is. So I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, I can talk a little bit about the limiting belief systems if you'd like. Yeah. Limiting beliefs. We talk about that all the time and it's still one of those things that I'm like working through. I know there's so many different tools available, but for me personally, and I think for a lot of women, especially around money and things like that, Mm -hmm. it seems like the same beliefs keep coming up and coming up. So for me, it's like, I, I do things, I work through the beliefs. And then when I level up or I'm about to go on a new venture, all those limiting beliefs tend to come up again. So I would love to hear, you know, what your practices are around that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, um, limited beliefs are a loaded thing. And I think there's something that we will always have to kind of work through in our life. So I try to kind of encourage clients to think about it that way, that if you're constantly, you know, 
beating yourself up because that limiting belief or the negative thought creeps in. And that, and I did that for a while, you know, like, especially my beginning parts of, of reading the secret, I would be like, Oh my God, here I go again. I'm being negative. Now it's not going to happen, you know, and it would kind of like put me in a panic place. Um, but I think when you can kind of embrace it a little bit that like, you know, there's this in between part when we're working on a goal that a lot of people don't really talk about. And that's the tears, that's the frustrations, that's the negativity that might surface. Um, And it's really about kind of refocusing and getting back on track again. You know, it's okay to feel those feelings. It's natural through the process, I think. But, you know, being able to kind of pull yourself back a little bit and say, okay, you know what, I let it out. I feel a little bit better now. Now I'm going to regroup and kind of work on, you know, the mindset again, you know, and being okay with that part of it doesn't mean you failed at it. It just means, you know, you have some emotions around it. And a lot of times those emotions come from those limiting belief systems, you know, um, it's, it's similar, like your brain kind of like creates this log or this computer. It's kind of like a computer in a way, you know, of your experiences, the traumas that maybe you've experienced, whether that's a big trauma something that's catastrophic in your life or even smaller traumas, things that maybe you didn't, weren't able to cope with or work through. Um, I think money is a big one for a lot of people. I always call it like, you know, money wounds kind of thing where, you know, maybe you had experiences earlier on um, where money was a, a point of, you know, frustration for your parents or an argue, you know, an argument constantly. Um, our little brains as children log that, right? Money is stressful. Money is bad. Money is something we should feel guilty about or, you know, whatever it, whatever it is. And then that kind of imprints over time as we grow um, and causes anxiety, causes stress. I mean, money is just one example, but it could be anything, you know, um, where we create these limiting beliefs based on what our little, you know, our little child point of view saw as the world, you know? Um, And then when we're adults, we take that as that's the way it is. That's the perception, you know, in the world Um, that money is scary or money is something we need to feel bad about. Um, And, and we struggle with that, you know? So when working on limiting beliefs, I think it's really important to understand some of those blocks to be able to really process them. Um, you know, understand where they're coming from, kind of, you know, maybe it will bring up some emotion in a session to talk about, you know, that piece of it. Yeah. So I have a question around that because we do that a lot in my coaching, my one-on-one coaching, where we'll go back and try and find some of these root events. But I've noticed, especially with people who have experienced um, trauma, that's a little more intense, it can be really difficult and scary to go back to that place. Like, um, you know, just a lot of the feelings that you felt as this vulnerable child can come to the surface. And I had a client ask me, you know, should we even go there? Because then am I, if I'm feeling this way, am I going to manifest more things along with these, all these scary, you know, negative feelings from my childhood. And I was like, that is such a good question. So I would love to get, um, your take on that. And, you know, is it, can it be damaging to like go back and, and go through those experiences again, or is it a form of healing? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, as a therapist, I, I strongly believe it's a form of healing, um, because I don't think those things 
go away. They're a part of your history, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that, you know, um, you need to dwell on it or like, I'll say, you know, if I have a client that comes in and they've maybe worked on some of that already, you don't need to reopen that wound. Mm -hmm. Um, if the wound feels like it's healed a little bit for you, it's okay Mm -hmm. to keep it there, you know? Um, but I think at some point it's important to explore it and to talk a little bit about it. Um, I try to look at it as, an empowering thing, you know, when you're able to look at a situation when you were a child and you were kind of in a helpless place, you were kind of at the mercy of others, right? Now you're, now you're an adult. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar with reparenting therapy, but, um, are you familiar with that a little bit? Um, you know, that's a concept I bring into session a lot because that's the concept that, you know, you're able to reparent yourself. You have this gift as an adult to say, okay, maybe these things happened to me as a child, but, and I wasn't, you know, met with needs that needed to be met. And that was a really hard time, but now I'm an adult and I can empower myself. I can reparent myself, um, and give myself those things that maybe I didn't have as a child, or I wasn't able to have met as a child. So it can be a really kind of empowering thing. I mean, of course it brings up emotion. It brings up, you know, it may bring you back there a little bit for a period of time, which is always, is always difficult. Um, but I think that those feelings don't go away if you don't, you know, they don't subside or heal if you leave them untouched, you know, um, because they're still a part of you. They're still within, you know? Absolutely. So do you do reparenting through hypnosis or how do you approach that subject? Yeah. So, um, I don't use hypnosis, although I do love subliminals. I know you talk a little bit about that on other podcasts. Um, I do recommend them to clients. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of tap into the subconscious thoughts and be able to work through some of, um, those deep rooted issues that maybe are kind of logged somewhere, but you can't find them, you know, in your Mm -hmm. present conscious life. So I think that's definitely a really helpful tool that I will suggest to clients. I use it myself too. Um, you know, I think, you know, another way to kind of, um, you know, work through reparenting is to focus on a couple of key areas. Like, um, and I love, again, I love your podcast. (laughs) I listen all the time. (laughs) Um, you had talked a little bit, or maybe it was on your Instagram about like going to Disney, Disney world. And, uh you know, I think that's like, such a key thing, right? Your inner child or that little person within you may have not been able to experience childhood, right? Or, Mm -hmm. or maybe had to grow up too fast or, you know, so reconnecting or reparenting your um, inner child is so powerful to be able to just be carefree, to go to Disney world and ride the rides with your kids or even by yourself, you know, to be able to, um, you know, skip through the park or, you know, that's all part of reparenting, you know, being able to give yourself what you didn't have as a child. Um, another that's the part of reparenting. I like the fun, like carefree, let's just have fun with it. That feels good to me. I love it. Yes. No, a hundred percent. And being so present with it, you know, when you're, when you're, and that's, I think, you know, that's what I love about Disney world. I feel like you're immersed in it. You just have to be able to have fun and be a child again and and experience that with your kids is, is amazing, you know? So, um, I think that's one piece to reparenting, uh, that I will encourage clients to do, especially in the very beginning, because like you said, it is kind of an easier one. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, kind of going back to setting goals is, is commitments to yourself, you know, little commitments. I'm going to drink more water this week. I'm going to, um, get to bed at an earlier time. You know, these little things that you can do 
for yourself that say, I love myself. I'm going to take care of myself. Um, and you know, that's, that's all part of, of reparenting as well. So it, it can be some of those deeper rooted emotions, but, um, you know, as you're working through it, a lot of times it's just kind of re, uh, reestablishing or reconnecting with your, your inner child. I love that. And I really appreciate you saying that you enjoy the subliminals and you believe that those work because I've been noticing that, that more people in the medical field have been connecting with me around that, which just, it's like, I already know it, but hearing it from someone who's trained medically is really, it's just really cool to hear because I feel like it wasn't that long ago where it wasn't quite accepted. Um, and even I, I took my daughter to the pediatrician the other day, she's in middle school and I was chatting with the doctor and, you know, she was asking what I do for work. So I was telling her about the podcast and about the app and my book. And she's like, and I was kind of embarrassed to tell her, cause I'm like, oh my gosh, this doctor is going to think I'm so woo woo or, you know, like the law of attraction really. <laughs> and she got so excited and she was like, bring me a copy of the book. Let me know what the app is. She went on her phone and downloaded it. And she said, I see so many middle school girls, especially mm -hmm. she said boys and girls, but girls and every single one of them can use this. She said, there's so many mental health problems she's seeing now with, with children, especially at that age. And she's like the law of attraction and talking about mindset is such an important part of mm -hmm. that. So it really was great confirmation to hear that the, this stuff works and it is all connected. There is that mind body connection and your mind mm -hmm. is such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, so I just really appreciate, you know, that, that you're, um, bringing that component into it as well. And I would love one of these days, like my goal is to do some sort of um, study with my inner tribe on these subliminals and just like kind of document all of the positive things that, that they're doing. So I think that's cool that you're recommending it to your patients too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, I do them myself too. So I, I feel like, you know, um, I'll normally I'll put them on at night and I'll recommend that to clients either right before you go to bed or first thing in the morning. Uh, and I feel better, you know, I feel like I have less anxiety or less stress around whatever the subliminal may have been kind of putting through. So I, I do feel like it's a really powerful and it's so easy, you know, it's yeah. not something you have to really like think too much about, right. <laughs> you can practically be sleeping, you know, so right. it's definitely, yeah. A really, it's a relaxing way to kind of unwind at the end of the day. So I think it's, it's definitely a great thing that you can do. Like I said, that's not so heavy, you know, mm -hmm. um, through the process for sure. Right. So what other tools do you recommend? Cause I'm so interested in this. I know I don't want to put down, um, medication for mental mm -hmm. health because I do think there's definitely a place for that, but mm -hmm. I love hearing about other things that are available, you know, um, I mean, I've, I've suffered from anxiety my whole life. And when I was in, when I tell that story about when I was in the corporate world and I woke up with that feeling of dread every morning, right? Like every morning I felt sick to my stomach with anxiety. I have so many people reach out to me and they're like, I feel that way every day. And it's, mm -hmm. it really is a problem. And so what kinds of things do you recommend to help manage some of the anxiety that we're just bound to face every day with our jobs and just all the stress in the world. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's very common what you just kind of explained feeling um, anxiety first thing in the morning, um, or even like some people experience it around like 4am. For some reason, that seems to be a time where people tend to wake up. Um, and really, there's kind of a biological reason to that. Um, we have, you know, our cortisol spikes in the morning hours. So naturally, we kind of tend to, um, you know, and that's your stress hormone. So that tends to kind of bring up some anxiety for some people. Mm -hmm. um, and also just, you know, a lot of times the stress of the day or feeling, you know, some overwhelming feelings around that. Uh, so there's a few things that I recommend. And I know you've talked a little bit about some of these already in your, on other podcasts too. Um, brain dumping is a big one. I think, you know, if um, I, I suggest that a lot of my clients have uh, journals and through a journaling process, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, dear diary, this is what I did today. You know, it's more about just getting those thoughts, giving them somewhere to go. A lot of times when you're experiencing anxiety in the middle of the night, it's like a running to-do list or it's feelings of, um, you know, like you mentioned, like dread or you know, not wanting the day to start. So when you give those thoughts a place to go, when you put them on paper, it tends to relieve some of those symptoms right away. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll suggest maybe even putting a journal next to your bed where you can kind of write it out. Um, and, and then, you know, in your waking hours after maybe like getting your day started um, and you feel like you want to journal, I'll talk a little bit about kind of working on manifesting your feelings for the day. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, we might be focused on goal setting or working through kind of affirmations, that type of thing, which can certainly be very helpful. Um, but with journaling your, your feelings, it's more like you're focusing on how you want to feel for the day. I feel mm -hmm. calm. I feel confident today. I'm going to accomplish so much, you know, whatever those affirmations are that kind of just puts you in a good headspace to start your day. So I think that those are a couple of things, um, you know, that, that you can do first thing in the morning, if you are experiencing some of that anxiety or that those feelings of dread. I love that. I, I do think, unfortunately, it is like such a common thing that people face or I mine used to be like dreading uh, Monday, the whole day Sunday. So instead of enjoying my day oh, off, yes. I was like dreading the week ahead. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. it's like even on the commute, something that I had started doing was listening to anything inspirational that I could find, whether it was an audiobook or a podcast. And just little things like that too, if you're like short on time, I think could be really powerful. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now I know you're a mom and mm -hmm. I am too. And we were just talking about this in uh, the inner tribe on one of the calls. Like how do we get our little ones um, in that positive, but like calm frame of mind in the morning. Like I, I see a lot of the same, um, behaviors in my daughter that I kind of went through in life where it can be a little stressful if it's test day or something, you know, mm -hmm. and is it the same thing? Like, what do you recommend for, like, what do you do with your kids? Do you have any practices yeah. to help calm them down or, or just have a positive mindset? For sure. Um, I think, you know, definitely kind of talking about how they're feeling a little bit, identifying the feelings um, can be really helpful. A lot of times, you know, I think it's natural to kind of like, 
like I know for me, I could say like, if I know I can tell my child's going to have a meltdown over something like my daughter this morning, it was the outfit, <laughs> you know, if, if I know that there's going to be some, I'm anticipating it, I tend to feel anxious. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of project some of that anxiety onto her. Like, Oh my God, I know we only have 10 minutes and now you want to change your outfit and we have to go through this whole, you know, thing. And yeah. we, and it's, I'm going to be late. And you know, my appointments I got to get to it like kind of snowballs. Right. And so mm-hmm. kids can naturally feel that anxiety that we're putting out there. So I do suggest, you know, similarly with reparenting, it's, it, there's a lot of focus on self-care for yourself as a mom. So I think if you can get yourself in a good headspace to, to be able to help your child through their anxiety, that's first and foremost, being self-regulated yourself. Because when you go into a situation and you're already activated or dysregulated, your child's going to feel that and you're going to feel it. You're going to become more irritable quickly. You're not going to be in a good headspace to kind of help them through their own anxiety. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll suggest just take a couple of seconds to go in the bathroom, take a few, you know, really big, deep breaths to kind of calm your your whole central nervous system. So you're in a good headspace, kind of put up a shield a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going into, I'm going in and I got this, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, have that kind of conversation with yourself. Um, and then when you're talking with your child, you know, it comes down to kind of validating their feelings. I know you really want to wear that outfit, you know, but it's a little cold today. Maybe we need to, you know, think about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's a test, you know, I, I know it's really, there may be some anxiety about the test today. I know how that feels you know, why don't we take some deep breaths together about it? Why don't you share what you're fearful about? You know, what would help you through it? Kind of, you know, a big thing I've, I've recognized with my own kids too, especially I have my son's a little bit older, you know, is with test anxiety um, or any kind of friendship anxiety, things like that is just saying, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix it? Because a lot of times, oh, wow. You, yeah. Re- a lot repeat of times, that. That's like, yeah. I, everyone needs to take notes on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix it? Cause I think naturally as a mom, you want to fix it. Right. And yeah. a lot of times your child is just like, mom, I just want to vent. I just want to tell mm-hmm. you what's going on, you know? Um, so I think that that's a big one. Uh, that can be really helpful in just kind of getting that mindset of like, what does your child need in this moment, um, you know, to kind of get through that, that anxious period. I love that. Um, and that just made me think of, so I pick up my, my daughter from school every day. And I noticed that first of all, when I just shut my mouth and like, don't sit there and like talk and just mm-hmm. listen, like sh- she'll just tell me stuff. And I'll, I'll usually like, started out with like, how was school? Like, was there any drama today or anything like that? <laughs> and then she, she will just tell me like kind of everything that happened through the day. And I do think it's kind of good for her to get it out. Cause sometimes if there is something bothering her, it'll come out. And then we can, we kind of get to a point where we like laugh it off or, you know, mm-hmm. just talk through it or whatever. And I think, um, for me, that's been really eye opening, like, especially in the car when you're driving, like as the parent, just maybe just be quiet and just listen in or ask a question. And, and that can kind of help them do that brain dump like verbally of, Mm -hmm. 
anything mm-hmm. that maybe was bothering them during the day. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in regards to the brain dumping too, if, you're, if your child is of age to write, I mean, I think having them have journals is, is a really great tool too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of encouraging it in the sense of like, mommy's not going to read this. This is your thing. You can mm-hmm. curse in it. You can write whatever you want. In it. There oh, are no rules yeah. here, you know, just get those feelings out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can destroy it if you don't want it, or you can, you know, um, if you want to keep it, you keep it. It's really up to you, but I will never be reading that. That's your own thing to kind of get those fears out of you. Um, you know, and I think that can be really helpful too in, in easing up some of that anxiety. Oh, absolutely. Now I have a question, um, just out of like personal curiosity, cause I'm super <laughs> into like, well, not super into it, but I am into like the moon rituals and stuff. And I know we have a new moon and mm. during like the full moon, I always feel like an emotional mess. Usually is there, do you see that as a therapist or do you like, if you don't want to talk about it or you don't have an opinion on it, that's fine too. But I'm just like, so curious, like, is there, um, more emotions that you see come up in people mm-hmm. at different times with different astrological events? Or do you think that's more just in our mind, Um, I'm just so like fascinated by the topic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know a ton about it, but I can say that, I mean, I noticed within me, I'm like, it must be a full moon because I'm on edge or my kids are going nuts. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think that there is something to it for sure. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly, you know, how, how it all kind of works out there, but I, I do feel like there's definitely some sort of, um, energy, you know, that comes up during that time. Of, of the year. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't I even like going to ask more about you about that. it, but when we were talking about the journaling and, and you said like, you can destroy it if you want, like that's mm-hmm. what I'll do sometimes is I'll just like rampage in my journal and then just burn it or throw it out or whatever, knowing like I could say whatever I want and no one else is going to see this, but me. And mm-hmm. it does kind of help regulate those emotions when you're feeling all over the place. It's pretty powerful, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely something there. And I'm always just curious, like, do people like in the medical field or in therapy, like agree with this Mm -hmm. or do they look at this and say like, no, I don't think so. That's not, that's not really happening. I've heard mixed feelings on it. I've heard mixed things for sure, but I, I I don't know. I think, I think there's a correlation there in some way. I I, I think there is. Yeah, totally. Well, tell me a little bit about where, you're at with like your business and your therapy now, and do you offer, are you doing things virtually? Um, talk a little bit about what all you're offering. Sure. Sure. So mind body counseling is a completely virtual practice. Um, I, I actually opened the practice during COVID. It was kind of a, an interesting time to go into business, but I, you know, I was working in a private practice at the time and I felt like we were transitioning over to virtual because of um, COVID. And I felt like this is a great opportunity to kind of go out on my own. You know, I had always kind of had a little bit of fear around taking on the overhead expense. So it was kind of like a really um, natural, you know, um, eased my way in in that way. So that worked out really well. Um, And, and then my practice grew pretty quickly. Um, You know, I was able to bring on a clinician within a couple of months to work with me. And um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, it continues to grow. I have two other, I have three clinicians now and myself. So it kind of things moved fast. 
Um, it was something I definitely had on my manifesting list for a long time to have my own practice. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I was always thinking I would be doing it a lot later in life. And, um, you know, I, I had just kind of took the leap of faith and thought, thought, you know what, this opportunity, um, doesn't come up often and I should just take advantage of it. You know, that this is a, there's a lot of need. So, um, so yeah, so we are offering virtual therapy. We are located in the New York area. So right now we can provide to anywhere in New York. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to provide in Florida at some point too. Um, and we have a lot of New Yorkers here too. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. We're down there, um, quite often. So I, you know, I thought it would be great if I could, if I could transition and have, um, some, you know, therapy services able to provide down there as well. So, um, yeah. And that's a little bit about the practice. That's so motivating because I know there's so many people that, I personally know that want to get started, um, in some type of a business like coaching or just doing something online or virtually. And to hear that you grew that quickly is pretty remarkable. I mean, to bring on that many clinicians. So, um, how do you, how do you feel you were able to take that action? I know like to bring it back to the beginning when we were talking Mm -hmm. about that inspired action, it's like, what, pushed you to just do it, like get over those fears and do it now. Did you, was there anything, um, that stood out that you could tell to someone else that's out there that like wants to get started and is just stalling or not sure or having all kinds mm-hmm. of doubt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a few things. Um, again, I think it was like kind of this nagging thing in my mind that I needed to do. Um, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit that that's definitely something from, you know, I remember being in high school and thinking I was going to go for a business career at one point and, you know, kind of pivoted to human services and, and help the helping professions. Um, but I felt like it was always something that was like nagging at me. You know, I had this itch to do something more. Um, and, the stars kind of aligned in the sense that, you know, here we are in this kind of like crisis place of COVID at the time, nobody really knew what COVID was or what was, what was going to happen. And I, you know, I had moments of frustration and of sadness and confusion, just kind of going through the motions of COVID with kids home and everything, you know, and, um, I, I don't know. I just had this moment of clarity where I just set, felt like it was the right time. I don't know if it was anything in particular that kind of just pushed me forward, but I just felt like, you know, there's, there's so much need. I was hearing so much anxiety on the other end of the phone every time I was meeting for these consultations with people. And um, I felt like it was a good, a good time. Um, I think, you know, definitely though, there's lots of, there were lots of steps to kind of launching the practice and getting things going um, that I had to be really intentional about. I had to kind of make a list and, you know, the list was a little overwhelming. And, you know, I, I, I tried to like visualize in my head, you know, like going up a mountain and just taking like a little step at a time, a little step that I will eventually get there, you know, to the top mm-hmm. and, and be able to really get this thing off the ground. So, um, it went a little quicker than I had anticipated. I think I was expecting to be climbing the mountain a little longer, but it, you know, I, it, I was very grateful that it worked out that way. Um, and, you know, I think having goals 
you know, is so important, uh, whatever they are, whether it's, you know, starting a business or working towards, you know, a health goal or, or a relationship goal, whatever it is, you know, is, is being able to kind of put forth that idea to even have a goal in the first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just so motivated hearing, hearing your story of how this all came together. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And I mean, congratulations too, because that's well, a lot you. that's thank happened you. in, you know, such a short amount of time. And, um, all right, well, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Cause you are on Instagram, right? Yes. Yes. Um, my, my account on Instagram is at mind, M I N D body B O D Y underscore counselor. Um, I'm also on Facebook at mind body counseling, and I have a website too. If you're looking to schedule a consultation, um, my website is www.mind M I N D body B O D Y counseling.org. Great. I will link all of that in the show notes as well. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so many little pieces of wisdom. I know it's going to motivate everyone. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Anytime. All right. We'll see everyone back here next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys want more in between these podcast episodes, you can subscribe to my Apple podcast, Manifested It. You can find that in Apple Podcasts and it has all of my bonus interviews, guided visualizations, subliminals, meditations, all that good stuff. Or you can download the Manifest It Now app where I put everything, all of my interviews, tools, everything I've used to manifest a life I don't need a vacation from. You can find that wherever you get your apps in Google Play or the Apple App Store. And you can join the Inner Tribe Manifesting Community, which is inside the app as well. If you want to up level with a group of women who are there to support you, cheer you on, give you guidance, and up level your vibe. And if you love this episode, the best thing you can do to support the podcast is share it. Share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram. Make sure to tag me at Law of Attraction Tribe so I can share it back on my story as well. I love connecting with you guys and putting a face to all the listeners out there. So come connect with me over on Instagram and let's start a conversation. Have a great week and I'll see you back here next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.